0: Father, the declaration that we've just made is pretty amazing, that we're yielding our life to you, and we know that that's what you want. We know that the price that you paid was so that we could be free in you, so that we could yield ourselves to you, so that we could live for you. So God, in the next few moments, as we open up the word of God, I pray that your spirit would be free to touch our hearts. I pray that it would be your words that are heard and understand and understood, not mine. I pray that your spirit would be free to do whatever work he needs to in us. Thanks for using your word in our heart. Thanks for what you're going to accomplish in us even this morning in your name. Amen. Thanks. You can have a seat the last few weeks, we've been talking about Christ in you. We've been going through the book of Colossians. This happens to be one of the little books that I enjoy just sitting down and reading through. Um, I, I love this little book because the whole theme of the book is who Christ is and what Christ is able to do and accomplish in us. And Paul is writing this to a group of believers. It's a small church in Colossae that was planted by a young guy, who probably had no formal training at all. He came to know Christ under Paul's ministry. And all of a sudden, he finds himself teaching a group of believers in a home. And it's probably very, very small, this group of believers. And not unlike today, this group of believers is plagued by all kinds of different forms of thought. And those forms of thought kind of wade in and and paint all kinds of different pictures about who God is and and our relationship to God and how God wants to relate to us and in the middle of that often we get confused about really just how large God really is and what God how much God loves us and cares about us and the concern that he has for us and that's made evident by by his son, Jesus Christ, coming to the earth to pay the ultimate sacrifice for my sin and yours. And so Paul is making that very clear in this little letter to these believers that, look, it's all about Jesus Christ. And at the end this morning, when when we're wrapping up, we're going to celebrate communion. And what communion is, is a reminder of who Christ is and what he did for us on the cross. And we're going to have a chance to to take a moment and remember the work of Jesus Christ on the cross for us this morning as we wrap up our service. But I want to talk to you this morning for a short time about we sacrifice all for Christ. And in order to have this little short conversation, I want to read a couple of verses to you from Colossians chapter 1. And starting at verse 24, I want to just take a minute and read these and then we'll jump into what the little thought is that I want to present to you this morning. Now, I rejoice in my suffering. Remember, Paul's writing this. He's in prison and he's writing this to a group of believers. Now, I rejoice in my suffering for you and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's affliction for his body, that is the church. I have become its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you. To make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ. That's the mystery, Christ. We're going to talk a little bit about that and unpack it. Remember, we're talking about why it matters to be in Christ, and we've been giving little statements about why it matters to be in Christ, and the result of if I am in Christ, then something, right? And this week, we're going to talk about this, that if or because I am in Christ, I am a servant. Because I am in Christ, I am a servant. And that goes back to the beginning when I said, being in Christ, we sacrifice all, and Talking about being a servant, that flies in the face of the culture we live in. Just it's okay for you to, to kind of back up a little bit when I say, because I am in Christ, I am a servant. It's okay for you to get your hackles up just a little bit and go, Tim, really, this is what we're gonna talk about, being a servant. And some of you may be sitting here, yeah, that's all I do. I just serve people, it's all I do. I, I'm just I'm a doormat, I'm a servant. We're not talking about that at all. That's that's not the servant we're talking about. We're talking about because I am in christ i am a servant and there's a picture of, of a servant that Paul's going to paint for us that's really important for us to get as, as christ followers the struggle is is our culture and i need you to stop for a minute i need you to think about what you've been bombarded with for the last 20 years of your life and maybe longer but we probably can't remember much more than that okay some of us are struggling to remember yesterday, okay and that's okay I 'm with you right? but I need you to think about this our culture, the TV that you 've been watching the social media that you 've been listening to the 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 the, the advertising that you 've seen along the road, the people that we 've talked to the life that we 've been living have said this to us over and over and over again have it. Your way. Do you remember that commercial? Right? You can have exactly what you want. You can do what you want. You can become whoever you want. You can, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. It doesn't matter what anyone else is saying. It is all about you. And if you don't like it, just turn and walk away. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have a wife or a husband, if you have children, if you're at a job. Just do it your way. It doesn't matter. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I'm a little more direct, okay? <laughs> I get it. But that is what our culture has been teaching for years. You're your own person, do your own thing. And it's a lie. And when you look at it as a Christ follower, here's the struggle, guys. We read Scripture and we say, look, I want to follow Jesus. Jesus is a great guy. He has great principles. And I think what he did was awesome. And I think God is awesome. And I think he's so cool. And I think he loves us. And I, I, I think the concepts and whatever it is that I read in Scripture are neat. And I want to have that. But at the same time, I want to do it my way. And in scripture, those two things are pulls pulls apart. And I can't have it my way and have it God's way. And we live at a day and age where it's very easy to call ourselves a Christ follower, but not be a Christ follower. And that's what Pastor Mike was talking about last week. It is very easy to say, oh, I believe. God says in Scripture that even the demons believe and they tremble. But they don't have a relationship with Him. So it's not just saying, I believe, folks. It's coming to the point where understanding what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me. He went to the cross. He paid for my sin. I am a sinner. I violate the character of God who is holy, righteous, just. I am a sinner, and I cannot save myself. There is absolutely nothing that I can do in and of myself to pay the price for my sin. That price, the Scripture tells us, is this. For the wages of sin is death. It's death. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they went from an eternal existence with God that was life with God to death separated and the only way that that could be restored or renewed is in the person of Jesus Christ and he who lived a perfect life equally God and man went to the cross and paid for my sin and in doing so offers me a gift of life that I cannot get any other way but through his sacrifice And so all of a sudden, when I want to be a Christ follower, when I want to to say yes to Christ, here's the thing, guys. Get this. Don't miss it. It's yes to Christ. You got it. No to self. Ready? It's what? Yes to Christ. And it's no to self. Very good. Perfect. Here's the thing, guys. So many folks are trying to live right down the middle. There's an old African proverb that says, he who tries to straddle the fence will only get a splinter in his butt. (laughs) You ever heard that before? It's not quite like that. It's kind of, I paraphrased. Guys, it's the same for us when we're living this life and calling ourselves Christ followers. And Paul says to us, look, I'm either a Christ follower and I'm all in, I'm a servant of the Most High, or I'm not. And so when we start this passage of Scripture, that's what he's laying out for us, is he's laying out what it looks like to be that person. And he starts verse 24 by saying this, I am suffering for my faith. He's not suffering because he did something wrong. He's not suffering because he broke a moral law. He's not suffering because he was a criminal. He's not suffering because all of a sudden he hurt someone or he did That's not why he's suffering. He's suffering because he had spent time sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the way of forgiveness, the way of hope, The way that our relationship with a holy and righteous God, the creator of the universe, could be restored. The way that that could happen in someone's life, Paul was giving it away to people and saying, look, you want a relationship, you want hope, you want something that has meaning in life? Here it is, it's Jesus Christ. And the Jewish people were offended by the fact that Christ, the Messiah, had come. And they didn't believe he had come, they're still waiting. And Paul's saying, no, he came, he died, he rose again, you can have life, it's in Jesus. And they didn't like that. And so they took him and they put him in prison and he's suffering. He was whipped, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, all kinds of things happened to Paul because he believed he was a servant of Jesus Christ, he was all in for Christ. And he writes verse 24 and he says this, I rejoice in my suffering for Christ. Now most of us go through life trying to figure out how to avoid suffering, right? Are you with me? Come on. The rest of you are lying. All right? We do. We don't want to suffer. We want comfort. We want security. We want things to work out for us. And Paul looks at this and he says, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and I am rejoicing in the fact that they put me in prison and beat me up because I told the truth. And there are so many of us who on the job or with our family are afraid that someone might look at us a little different so instead of telling the truth, we just go along with the lie. Or instead of standing for the truth and, and standing up for Jesus Christ, we go along with the joke. Paul says, I rejoice in my suffering that they don't understand. (laughs) I rejoice in the fact that I told the truth and this is what I got. How many of us have gone through life on our job and there's not a person on your job who has a clue that you're a Christ follower? You're not a servant of Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. You're playing a game. And Paul says, I rejoice in the fact that they know who I am, they know who I'm about, and they get it. He's not a jerk, he's not rude. If you look at Paul's life and dealing with those people, he loves them. He would do whatever it took. He says this, "If it were possible for me to go to hell so that they could come to know Jesus, I would do it." That's his that's that's how much he loves these people. But he's going to tell the truth, and he suffers for Jesus Christ in prison. Are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to rejoice for the truth of Jesus Christ in your life? I'm a servant of jesus christ verse 25 he says it this way he says i am i have become look at the word there he says it's servant not a servant but it's servant what he's saying is this i have become a servant of the church of the people of the church the church right it's not a building that the building we're looking at that's not the church it's just the place we can meet to do ministry that's it it's just a building. If it burned down, actually, I heard a pastor say this one time, it would be really good if the church buildings burn about every 10 years. And I think he's right, because we get attached to a place. And the church are the people in the building. They're the people that make up the body. That's how God presents the church. And Paul says this. He says, look, I am a servant of the church. I serve the body of Jesus Christ. It's very interesting when you look at, 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 Paul's li- at Paul's life and how he got here. Go back, if you would, if you have your Bible and you're following along to uh, Acts chapter 9. I want to show you something. Acts chapter 9, starting at verse 1, says this. Now Saul, this is Paul, his name changed. Now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against his, the disciples of the Lord. Here's the guy who's in prison for Jesus Christ. When we pick him up in chapter 9 of Acts, he hasn't met Christ yet. And he's breathing murder against the church. Okay, you ready for this? So here he is. He's breathing murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest. He requested letters uh, from him to the synagogues of De- in Damascus so that he found, if he found any man or woman who belonged to the way, the church, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he traveled and was nearing Damascus, a great light from heaven shines down on him. Okay, so here's Saul who becomes Paul. He's not a believer yet in Jesus Christ. He is solely committed to wiping out the church. That's his his goal, it's his mission, it's his life mission. We pick him up in Colossians in a prison, suffering, beat, having a hard time because I am a servant of the church. You see the night and day? I am against it, I'm all against it, completely against it to I'm all in, I'm all for it the church. Now, what happened? You ready? This isn't hard. You ready what happened? Some of you already know. He ran into God. He ran into God. Some of you know this because it's happened to you. It may not have been a bright light, but it's happened to you. You ran into God. You met God. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, on the road to Damascus, God said, look, I've chosen this guy to do a mission for me. And I'm going to show him something that he would not understand any other way. And I'm going to do something dramatic in his life. And Paul, on the road to Damascus, a bright light blinds him. He falls off his horse. God speaks to him and tells him to do something. Paul says, yes, It was Saul, but he says, yes. You been there? Where something grabbed your attention, grabbed your mind, grabbed your heart. The Spirit of God used a verse, a person, an event to grab a hold of your heart and mind and to knock you off your feet and say, hey, I'm God, you're not. That happened to you? Happened to Paul. And he goes from being a killer of the church to a servant of the church. Here's what it means. It's a dramatic swing that takes place. This is what happens as a Christ follower. You no longer run your life. God does. You go from controlling your life. Any of you control freaks? You don't have to put your hand up. Some of you already did. You're so much in control. It's like, yep. From controlling your own life to God being in control of your life. From free to make your own decisions your own way. To God choosing what it is that you will do and where you will go. From my own choices for me, my way. To being directed by the Spirit of God. And where I will go, who I will talk to, where I will live life, what I will do. From being served, people serving me. Me wanting people to look after me and meet my needs and do my things my way serving how can I help I'm here for you I'm the master I'm in control I'm owned by the king of kings see the difference and we struggle with that difference and Paul says that's what it means for me to be a servant of the church This verse goes on to say it this way in Colossians. He says, I was commissioned by God. I was commissioned. Hey, if you've met Jesus Christ, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you call yourself a Christ follower in this room right now, you've been commissioned. You've been commissioned. You have a mission that you are on. I love the commissioning here. I want to read it to you in Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Let me read this to you because it's very interesting. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he replied, get up and go to the street called Straight, the Lord said to him to the house of Judas, and ask for a man from Tarshish named Saul. Since he is praying there, in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him, so that he may regain his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has authority here from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go. For this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to to the the Gentiles, kings and the Israelites, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And Ananias went, and he entered the house, and he placed his hands on him, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road where you were traveling, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand something about the commissioning of God. It doesn't make sense. This didn't make sense. You can read that and go, wow, cool story, but I need you to think about this. Here's a guy who loves God, Ananias. He said yes to God. Here's a guy who owns a house, Judas, and he said yes to God. Here's a guy who's running around killing the people of the church, Saul. And God looks at Ananias and he's praying and he's saying, Ananias, go see Saul. And he's like, I'm not going there. He's going to kill me. You would do the same thing. I would do the same thing. And God goes, I have a bigger plan than that. Just say yes to me. And when Ananias and Judas say yes to God, God commissions Saul to change the then known world with the church. It's huge. The ripple effect is huge. Folks, there are some of you sitting in this room right now who have been commissioned by God, and you've said no. Think of what the ripple effect of that is. Paul's ripple effect was to change the then-known world with the church. Us saying no to God also has a ripple effect. There are people affected by our no. The same way there are people who are affected by our yes. In the commissioning of Paul, in the being sent out, there were other people who were saying yes to God. In my ministry, in my saying yes to God as your pastor, there are other people who are saying yes to God as well. And I can look around this room right now, and I can see faces of you who, as I say yes to God and you say yes to God, God's work is done and completed, and people's lives are changed. Thank you. Thank you. But I also can look around this room this morning, and I also know that the opposite is true. As I say yes to God, and some of you who are part of the body of Jesus Christ say no to God, the ministry that God has for us as a body is affected. And the ripples are not what they could be. That's the commissioning of God in our lives. Now, He finds other means and He does other things, but we miss out on the blessing of what God has for us. Have you been commissioned? Paul was commissioned. He was commissioned. For others. If you read that verse in Colossians chapter 1, you'll see this that that commissioning was for the church. Look at this. He says, I have become its servant according to God's commission that was given to me. What's it? Just to me? What's it say? To me for you. For you. I was commissioned for you. You were commissioned for others to reach others, to care for others. I was commissioned for you. To make the word of God fully known. I want, to, I want you to understand this little word fully there. Here's what we like to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We like to take, and I, I'm not pointing fingers because I like this too. Okay, just understand. Understand the mind this is coming from. I like to read the parts I like. Right? There are parts of the Bible that I really like. I like the part that Jesus loves me. (laughs) Do you? I do. I like the parts that talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit is there to help me, to guide me, to direct me, to give me strength, that he'll give me what I need in the middle of my difficult. I like that. Do you? Yeah. I love the promises. But there are parts that speak to me at times when I'm reading that I don't like because they point out sin in my life. And when Paul says fully there, when he's talking about I want to give you the fullness of the gospel, I want to fully present to you, he's saying this, I'm not leaving any parts out. I'm not just talking about the part that I like. I'm talking about all of what God says fully. Do you fully believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you fully believe what God says in his word? If you do, it will be evident in how you're living your life. Not part of the truth, not just some of the truth, but all of the truth. Paul's responsibility was to reveal the whole truth without compromising. And that is ours. We've been commissioned the same way. To present the truth without compromising. Are you willing to do that? Look at verse 27. I want to wrap up with this. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ. Guys, gals, if you're a Christ follower, you have one responsibility. If you're a servant of Jesus Christ, you have one responsibility. To make known Christ. we can get wrapped up in doing great things. We can get wrapped up in developing ministries and helping people and providing for this and doing that and looking good at this. And as a church, we have this program and that ministry and we do this and we do that. And we do something for youth and we do something for seniors and we do something for small groups and we do something for men and we do something for this and we do something for that and we miss the point. And the point of being a Christ follower is making known Christ, period. Because all of the ministries that we can be involved in, all the help that we can give, all the stuff that we can do, the answer to every issue that every person face is the person of Jesus Christ and that alone. You want to help teens? Introduce them to Jesus Christ. You want to help older folks? Introduce them to Jesus Christ. You want to help marriages that are falling apart? Then introduce them to Jesus Christ. You want to help in any way? Paul says this, look, let me reveal to you the bottom line of being a servant of Jesus Christ, the bottom line of knowing God. It's Christ and Christ alone. That's it. You've been commissioned. Your commissioning is this. To share the mystery that's revealed in the person of Christ. The love of Christ that changes our hearts. How you doing in your commissioning? How well are you being a servant? Because I am in Christ, I am a servant. This morning we're going to celebrate communion. Communion is all about knowing who I am in Christ. It's knowing the price that was paid for my sin in jesus christ and the guys are going to come in a minute and they're going to hand out the bread and then the cup right after it And what i'd ask you to do is as you stop and you pray and you recognize what christ has done for you you go ahead and take the bread which symbolizes the broken body and then you can take the cup after that that symbolizes the fact that he shed his blood on the cross for us If you're sitting here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're just kind of checking this thing out. You can let those elements go by. They don't mean anything to you yet because you don't have a relationship with Christ. But if you do have a relationship, be reminded of the lengths that God went to restore your relationship with Him. He loves you. If you're sitting here this morning as a Christ follower and your relationship with God is out of sorts, there's sin between you and God. Make that right before you go ahead and take communion. Otherwise, what you're saying to God is what you did isn't enough. (laughs) I can live in this foolish life that I'm living. I can do my own thing and the price, well, I don't know. So if you're a Christ follower, you make that right between you and God. But we invite you to join us as we celebrate communion together. I want to read a couple of verses before we do that, found in Matthew chapter 26. Let me read these to you. It's where Jesus really institutes the Lord's Supper, which is what we call communion from Scripture, with the disciples. And it's, he's meeting with the disciples. It's right before his death. And he says this. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples, and he said, take and eat it this is my body it's a symbol of my body then he took the cup and after giving thanks he gave it to them and said drink from it all of you for this is my blood of a of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins the broken body of jesus christ the spilt blood of a perfect sacrifice was so that we could have a relationship restored with jesus christ if you don't have that you can have it this morning It's simply accepting what Christ did for you on the cross. It's saying yes to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Father, in the next few moments as we celebrate communion, would you stir our hearts? Would you remind us of the price that was paid for us? Would you show us the hope that is found in knowing Jesus Christ? Would you remind us of the love of God for us? Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit even now. Thank you for the reminder that we are your children. Are made new in you, new creations in Jesus Christ. Thanks, thank you for how much you love us and care for us. Thanks for the symbol that you've given us to remind us. In your name, we pray. Amen. Because I am in Christ, I am a servant who has been commissioned to share the love of the Father his son, Jesus Christ, with those who are seeking hope, forgiveness, and healing. The best thing that Mossbrook Church could do for the Oxford Hills is share Jesus Christ. God, would you grant us the courage you grant us the strength would you help us as believers to take our commissioning serious and to be the light and the life that you've asked us to be encourage us challenge us may your spirit and your son be evident in us as we leave this place. In your name we pray, amen. Have a great week.